Hi, welcome to the Weird Internet Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Jorel, Hadro, and soon to be Chris. Uh, right now, Chris is currently on Hawaiian time, so we kind of have to work around his schedule just a tiny bit, but he will be joining us later after the break. Today's episode is about a community very close to one's middle school life. It's a community that has confused a lot of individuals as they grew older. Could you please introduce this community, Alejandro? Yes, I would be happy to, Jarrell. So this community, uh, let's just call it a subculture, okay? Uh, They're interested in anthropomorphic animal characters. You can see where I'm going here. With human personalities and characteristics. Layman's terms, they can walk, talk, and act like humans, but have the appearance of animals. Gerald, uh, maybe you want to take a crack at the the community we're going to be talking about today? Hmm, sounds interesting. With those features, they sound like Zootopia fans. <laughs> well, is that is that close? That's one way to put it, my friend. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another hint. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Am I going to do this? All right, I'll give you a hint, Jarrell. I'll give you a hint. RxD. Oh. oh, man, dude. The, my middle school <laughs> stuff just died. If... Any listeners could tell what we were insinuating. That is the representative sounds and language of the infamous furry community. And that is the topic of today's episode. Thank you so much, Hondra, for that lovely introduction to today's <laughs> wonderful and quite confusing topic. Now, My pleasure. Let's get weird with it. Let's let's just let's get weird, let's get weirder and let's get to the bottom of what the hell this community is. So, Hondro, could you please give us a quick timeline of the origins of this community? Yeah, of course. So, as you would imagine, a lot of the inspiration for uh the furry fandom comes from graphic media like comic books or cartoons so the the first inspirations you can see are really from shows like kimba the white lion so this was like a cartoon basically this is actually what partially inspired the lion king uh, film later on and this was around 1965 Uh, in addition to a book called watership down which was which was adapted into a animated movie and this was in the 70s uh inspiration is the key word here because the characters in these works they could talk and think like humans right so basically they're just they're regular animals that can think and talk like humans but but they have they're still walking on four legs they still have the animalistic instincts and so uh, from this early inspiration we start to go more into the comics and fanzines fan magazines and eventually enough people start to hop onto this fandom train that the first convention actually pops up and this actually uh, full disclosure i actually uh, I, I was one of those people who had some negative i guess 
thoughts surrounding the furry community going into this research. And so I kind of cringed when I, when I found out that the first, one of the first furry conventions was actually in Costa Mesa, California, SoCal, uh, which is <laughs> actually where I went to school where we both are very familiar with. So that kind of, <laughs> that kind of broke my heart a little bit, at least, at least as, as I was researching this because of all those negative connotations. And so this was around 1989. And so a little bit before this, actually, um, there was more really, uh, I guess, pivotal or critical works. So the first one is Animal Olympics. And if you're in the furry community, this is like one of the biggest inspirations, actually, for a lot of what you see in the community today, because this is a, a, a feature length animated movie that featured animals and I would basically say it's like the inspiration for the fursuits. These are animals that are walking and talking and uh, they had a lot of those human traits and they were participating in the Olympic Games. And in addition to this, there was this graphic comic called Omaha the Cat Dancer. And this actually was one of the first works, or I guess the first one to, come, to become really popular, that explored the more adult themes involving anthropomorphic uh, animals. And so this was like right before that conference, confer, F-U-R, <laughs> oh. uh, which is what they actually called it. I promise I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that to you, my friend. Oh, um, Hey, we love puns, right? Just uh, throw it in there. Yeah. Let's get weird with it. Right. So we have all this stuff happening in the mid to late eighties. And then this might ring a bell to you, Jarell, is this thing called a muck. And this, uh, which is basically, for those unfamiliar, this user-extendable text-based online RPG. And so this this muck became really popular among the furry community. And this is when you start to see furries take to the digital age, right? And this is like around the 90s. So these mucks and also the online forums begin to pop up. And so this forum called alt.fan.furry is also created. And a little bit later, so this is in 93, the name Fursuit <laughs> is actually coined. 93, this is this is so, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I guess it, thinking of internet terms, this is pretty ancient, right? 90s. But in yeah, the grand scheme of things, point. this is pretty like new, relatively new stuff. In 93, Fursuit is coined by Robert C. King, a famous costumist in the furry community. And later on, so let's just fast forward a little bit. So let's fast forward to Conference 7. Uh, and this was in Irvine, California, <laughs> even closer to home. Oh, lovely. Uh, with even an attendance. To home. Uh, so I forgot to mention that the first conference had about 65 attendees. The seventh one had about 875. So as you can tell, this community kind of exploded around this time and with the internet advancing so quickly at this time would continue to grow very quickly and 96 the new york times actually decides that the furry community is notable enough to write an article about them and so this was you know 90s and then from there you can kind of think about okay what is like your standard take on on like furries and 
how do you run into furry art? Usually it's like on deviant art or wherever else you would find like fan art of characters from a show that you're watching. A lot of times you'll see the furry adaptation of those characters. And so I guess that that version of the free online furry community kind of stemmed from these earlier origins. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that based on some statistics, uh, they're like the people who generally like like the furry community, I think they've pulled them like 40% of them watched and still watched uh, like cartoons um, all the way through like their childhood to adulthood. So it, I don't know if that has anything to do with their affinity maybe for or tendency to join this community, but it's interesting that they do latch on to childlike things or childhood memories as they engage in this community. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth noting that a lot of these cartoons, I mean, when we were kids, cartoons were a way to escape from reality, similar, similarly to how we use games as, as an outlet. I wouldn't be surprised to see that a lot of furries probably say, share a lot of interest with like heavy gamers or people who watch a lot of anime. Yeah, that's that makes sense. I think the rise of the furry community, just based on the origins you've laid out, Hondro, kind of mirrors the emergence of anime and manga overseas. So it's interesting. I, I don't know if there's a correlation there, but yeah, starting from the 1960s leading through 80s and 90s that's when shows like dragon ball naruto one piece also made their way here from i don't know the internet the tv broadcasts the dub scene different community of course but i think it's worth noting that the furries rise coincides with that same distribution (laughs) <laughs> interesting so. and i think it, it it's it's weird because there's like so many similarities if you think of like the way that fans in either of these communities kind of interact with each other and express their love for like their i guess whatever they're they're fanning over right you have like fursuits in the furries but you also have like cosplay uh with with anime fans and then you also have like this kind of like uh, more on the adult side of things, you have these like uh, adult depictions on the furry side, and you have like hentai in anime, and you also have, you just have a bunch of like similarities. Where you have like sure fan art in one way, fan art in the other. You have like it seems like there's a lot of the two communities are more closely coupled than a lot of people maybe think or want to admit <laughs> or want to admit maybe maybe you know me yeah you're right maybe they do kind of acknowledge it but just kind of keep it under wraps because of the stigma that's around the the furry fandom yeah i i think you have a point there we won't dive into the weeb community in this episode but definitely <laughs> in the future now that now that it's been brought up but i think that's a great segue into current events that was an awesome kind of dis- just distillation of the origins of the furry community definitely did not know how much kimba the lion 
led to <laughs> I know, right? the sexual awakening <laughs> of, of some oh individuals uh, as early as the 1960s. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about current events. What's going on? How, how big is the community? Where can we find them? And where's their place? Where, where, where are they in this big ecosystem called the internet? So I think a lot of people probably get their exposure to the furry community through very open channels of expression over the internet. So like uh, DeviantArt, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, outlets like Tumblr, and I'm sure 4chan has a bunch of furry art and um, I guess role-playing going on over there. I actually didn't check if Reddit is really big for, for furry art, but I would, I would think there might be. Uh, Twitter definitely has a pretty active community of furries. And I guess going into the Zoomer age of the internet, TikTok is actually uh, becoming very saturated with content creators who wear fursuits or do content revolving around uh, furry, I guess, themes <laughs> it's basically just them dancing in fursuits oh love that uh, we, we love to see that yeah and so it's it's kind of interesting to see an entirely new generation of people get influenced by furries and it's just an entirely different medium in this like short video style it, it didn't it doesn't seem like that would be a place where furries could really interact with each other because it seemed like for the most part, it was a lot of like role playing and uh, just general like art stuff, which I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't seem like TikTok is really for that. It seems it's more for like short form, like uh, jump cutty, very like quick, easily digestible content, which doesn't really seem like what people like in the furry. Like it doesn't seem like that's what people are there for if they're like a furry fan. But it seems like they've adapted in a lot of ways and maybe this is just the younger generation of furries kind of carrying the torch and and <laughs> creating yeah. content for for new platforms but it really like i'm looking at this channel right here and they have i think over two hundred thousand followers three million likes and i mean that's pretty significant and this is just one content creator does and does collaborations with a bunch of their like friends who are also in fursuits and man this just it just gets so much engagement and yeah so i mean just first off what are your thoughts about kind of this new age this renaissance of the furry fandom i'm still trying to process what i'm looking at right now <laughs> <laughs> uh to, to all the listeners if uh i i, I opened a link that hondra shared that just showcases some of the furry content on TikTok. And I am very confused because they're very silent. Like it's like a slapstick thing. It's it's kind of an it's it's odd. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So could you repeat your question, Alejandra? I just I'm Seeing this has kind of gotten me in a daze. <laughs> yeah, dude, understandably so. So the question is, 
I mean, I'm just curious to, to hear your thoughts about furries taking to, not only taking to, but really thriving in this new age of, of social media where generally they were known for like these very static, it's like comics, okay, maybe like not even really videos, it's more just you meet in person and you enjoy yourselves in your fursuits and whatnot. And then there's also the art aspect. Uh, it seems like they've adapted very well to this new wave of, of social media. So what are your thoughts about this? It seems like it's almost a, a new renaissance of the furry community. Yeah, put that in the history books, Sandro. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have known COVID? You put down a bunch of other communities, the furries rise up, dude. They're coming back with a vengeance. Um, (laughs) To break this down, I think I need to start with the fact that the behaviors on the internet really encourage anonymity. Like, to enjoy the internet to its full extent, anonymity is a huge part of that. Like, you can be a troll, you can be a content creator, you can be anything but yourself if you want to on the internet. And the interesting thing that I've found, based on our collective research, is that furries kind of use that suit to become not themselves. They, a lot of them, and this is, this is directly from a lot of the resources that we've been reading, a lot of them make their own fursuits. Like these are not things you just buy online. These individuals make these entire suits for themselves. So in a way, they get to wear the art that they've created. In a way, it's a, it's a true physical extension of their creativity. It has nothing to do with their looks, has nothing to do with how they sound. They just get to wear these suits that embody whatever persona or character that they've created. And I think there's something really powerful about walking around in a fursuit and nobody knows who's inside. It's just the fursuit. So... I think that's why they align pretty well with the internet because in the same vein that nobody knows who's inside the fursuit, nobody knows who's behind the computer. And I think that's really what brings the younger generation to that type of community. Because on TikTok, I think you said something about how TikTok really isn't for this type of content of acting out with no sound and doing these jump cuts that generally are not really part of the furry community's range of expression. But like you said, I think that's the passing the torch type thing where they're just using the symbolic nature of being a part of this community to showcase what they want to be on a new platform entirely. And I think, was it, there's that Smash player. Or no, 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 Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, right? He plays a lot of uh, fighting games. Sonic, Sonic Fox, Fox, I think you're thinking I think of, right? I think he goes by they, they. Ah. They. Yeah, they are a good example of furries going mainstream and how they're just as much a part of the internet 
community of gamers as anyone else. It's just that this is a form of expression. And I think that's where I kind of stand with all this is it's just another way to be anonymous, but in person to be able to repeat the behaviors that are encouraged online, but in person. And I've heard stories about like people being very different than who they portray themselves as when they're not in the suit. So, and even like their, yeah. <laughs> even their behaviors and dialogue, like you're saying the uwu stuff. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think and I, that's a great point that you, that you make there about like the anonymity um, of the furry community is very similar to that of the anonymity of the internet. But I think to build off of your point is like being able to have that level of like, I can forge my own identity. I can forge a new identity, no judgments, no bullying. It's just, I can just be in this safe space and just be who I want, have a good time and make friends. And I don't need to like, I can shed all of the, all of like my previous identity and just like have this, this like really nice thing, but being able to do it in person with other people seems like that's something you just can't do in the internet. Like you can't, if you're in person, I mean, unless you're wearing like a paper bag over your head, like you're going to be, you are you. So it doesn't matter who you are on the internet. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, bong ripper 420 on Reddit. <laughs> it's like, you're just, you're just Jonathan in, in person. And, but not if you're like, not if you're, in a fursuit. And so that's just like, again, another escape from reality. Um, and for better or worse, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that this is like, do you think it's important for people to like come to terms with reality? Or do you think this is just a way to like, you know, maybe people do hold down a steady job and maybe they just don't really like where they are in life. And so this is just a way to, I guess, escape from all that and just have some joy in their lives. Yeah, that's a good question. I think because I truly think that it's a combination of a kink as well as a hobby. Like, okay. I don't think okay. I'm not trying to shame in any way, but the whole crux of this is to be able to showcase your desires in a tangible form. And I think our, even our research has shown that, too. A lot of those who engage in the furry community engage in very sexual natures. <laughs> and for better, like you said, for better or for worse. Um, but to your point about it being uh, effective or if this is just a way for them to escape, I think everybody needs an escape whether it be playing video games, whether it be watching movies, whether it be acting, whether it be just doing anything, to be quite honest. And this is just one of the formats that they've chosen. Like there is so many people on this planet, so many people in society with very different interests, very different quote unquote kinks. And I don't really think that they're doing anything wrong, especially 
with everything going on currently, there's just no, there's no reason not to, and there's no reason to do so. They found people that are like-minded and it's thriving on the internet. So go them. I just personally wouldn't do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there, there might be, and I mean, I would, I would be inclined to agree with you there. And I think beyond the, um, <laughs> the financial uh, inhibitions of dropping thousands of dollars on a, on a fursuit. Yeah. First, I think there's also expensive though. Yeah, dude, dude. Like I haven't done a lot of research, but I mean, you, if you think about just like the level of detail that goes into like, dude, you look at like a shitty like high school mascot costume. Those probably aren't cheap, and those look like garbage half the time. So, like, imagine having this super, like, intricate, detailed, custom-made, literally, it's custom-fit for your head, your body, and it's, it's essentially, like, a really, really nice onesie, right? <laughs> with, with, like, a, with the head really nice onesie. piece. Yeah, tell that to the furry community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, well, I didn't mean to, but that's just kind of, like, my, my, my impression of the suit, and, again, it's very nicely made, and... It just seems like, you know, it's a lot, it's an investment for sure. And I don't think I, I see myself to going to any, uh, to, uh, any conferences anytime soon. So maybe it's just not worth it. Yeah, that's fair. I think everybody has their hobbies and what they want to do, but yeah, I think we can move on then from these current events and let's, let's get some, let's get some hot takes, Andre. Let's get some. truly biased looks like what were your first impressions when you started exploring this community and and give give me give me something what 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 are your thoughts um about why you think they engage in this type of behavior dude i'm gonna be honest as soon as like it when you told us that we were gonna be doing furries (laughs) i fully expected to just see a bunch of like porn literally that's that's i was just like all right i guess i'm gonna have to scrub my search history after this this is gonna be pretty rough dude but honestly i didn't find i mean with my surface level search of of this fandom i didn't find a whole lot of that and it's definitely an aspect of the community and i would i would even i mean just doing some searching on like wikipedia and and referenced links and articles and stuff it seems like the members of the furry community are generally less inhibited uh, to talk about sex and topics surrounding sex than other social circles in society. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, for the most part, it seems like that's a bit of a under-discussed topic generally in society. But in the furry community, it seems like this is something that's much more freely discussed. And not even talking just about sex, but like sexuality as well. Um, something interesting that I I looked up is, so in the U.S. population, about 1.8% of people self-identify as bisexual and 1.7% as homosexual. And this is in 2011, right? So this is like extremely, this, this polling is like ridiculously small because I'm pretty sure there's more than 1.7% of people as homosexuals that's just i'm pretty sure that's that's true and it's reflected in the surveys in the furry fandom community where 
14 to 25% report homosexuality, 37 to 52% bisexuality, uh, 28 to 51% heterosexuality, and 3 to 8% other forms of alternative sexual relationships. Let me just let me just lay this out for you, Jarrell. Okay. There's more people in the furry community that identify as other forms of alternative sexual relationships than bisexual and homosexual in the regular populace combined. Interesting. So and, and that maybe that speaks to I mean you could you could say one conclusion is oh well there's just a lot of I guess um people who are in sexually inclined differently uh, in the furry community. Well, it's like, okay, well, maybe, but maybe it could also speak to the, the stigma that's around um, non-heterosexuality in regular society. I mean, what do you think? No, this, these are really good statistics, Hondro. I'm just looking at them now. Uh, <laughs> once again, the way that I approach these things, I like to break it down. Two things, if we're paralleling it to the internet and the way that things are just pulled in general, we know that people, when given the opportunity to be anonymous, are a bit more honest. Like, that's the reason why we do anonymous polling. That's the reason why we do anonymity in surveys, right? So, once again, if we're paralleling it to the internet, the furry community is just more honest about what they feel because we know that there's way more just in terms of current polling. And, you know, in 2021, there's definitely more liberation and people have kind of edged themselves towards the idea that sexuality is more of a spectrum anyway. And so looking at these old statistics, the other thing that we can kind of pull from this is that, hey, maybe this is actually how people really feel. Maybe the, the community at large, the, the furry community at large, does attract these types of individuals who can't find a place in greater society. And so... That's why the data kind of skews in this direction. But either way, it's still a good showcase as to how special I think this community really is. I'm not, you know, not a good or bad connotation in that. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to start labeling things as weird just no, yet. <laughs> because okay. I think, I think once again, right, like I don't want to be that guy that says, oh, they're just doing that. Like this community is just like weird. And that's why. They attract weird people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because once again, right, who knows how they got integrated in this community? What if a majority of their friend group when they were younger, like was a part of this community? So they just joined in because people are sheeple, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that based on the parallels between the internet and that ability to wear a fursuit and be anonymous, Yes, there's a likelihood they're just more honest about who they are and are more willing to experiment and even be open about different perspectives about themselves. But once again, right, the second aspect is, or it's just a concentration of them. (laughs) Who knows really, right? 
I I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make really weird assumptions. Uh, the only weird assumption I'm gonna make is just how messed up some of their their. Yeah, and I think that's a great transition because I think so far we've kind of been throwing, maybe we've been throwing softballs at ourselves like Hondra Drill, like, come on, you're you're giving these statistics where it's like, yeah, it's it's so like, God, why are you guys hating on furries? Look, they're they're so accepting of other people, and you can be who you are, and it's like, guys, you're not you're not highlighting the, I guess maybe the less savory aspects of this community. The, the less, yeah, the less innocent aspects. <laughs> And that's very fair. And so I think, so there, there is the whole aspect of like, you know, having sex with animals. And, and that's definitely, that's definitely something that's, <laughs> to, to, to say it's taboo in normal society, modern society, uh, is an understatement. But I will just point out that in, in our regular language, there is animal imagery thrown around all over the place in normal speech, especially in sexual contexts. Okay. So let me give you a couple examples. This one's going to, I mean, you're just going to be like, oh shit, you're going to have to sit here and take it. All right. Because I'm going to pretend that you are the, the furry hater and I'm just trying to liberate you, man. I'm trying to liberate your mind. I'm trying to show you the truth. All right. So let me just uncage your mind real quick, brother. Ready for this? Doggy style. Uh oh. Think about it. Let me go ahead and Jarrell, go ahead and open oh, yeah. that link. Go ahead and open that link. Look <laughs> oh, at the look at the image dude. that stares you right in the face <laughs> when you open that link. Dude, I'm really scared. To open, open the link, this dude. Link, yo. It's, it has nothing to do with furries. This is like a a women's health mag article. It's about uh. sex and love. And it's literally a Dalmatian staring you right in the face, licking its lips. What the actual fuck? And we're going to sit here and talk shit about how furries want to fuck animals. And there's literally an article about how to make doggy style more pleasurable. Headlined with an image of a dog licking its lips. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, man. Maybe... I don't. I don't know if I want that. <laughs> well, it's stay. I feel like I'm burning <laughs> my brain, dude. All right. Well, you know what? We'll we'll go ahead and uh, table that for now. We'll move on. All right. Next term. Stud. The implication here is that a well-endowed dude is like a horse. In what way, you might ask, Condro? Is this well-endowed dude? similar to a horse. Well, it's not their uh, beautiful, luscious mane on the back of their head, Jarrell. It is their giant appendage uh, swinging between their legs. All right, sir. And this is... You didn't I send didn't... me another link, right? <laughs> I... All right, all no, right. No clear, links. Clear. No links for this one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. And you're, you're probably saying, you know, dude, Hondra, like, chill this this is kind of this is getting kind of gross dude like come on all right fine you know we'll we'll end it with a pretty socially acceptable one cougar what is the implication there man it's literally a predatory animal on the prowl for prey and what is this prey it's just a you know you're a 
maybe maybe just fresh out of high school, little uh, just a nice nice young nice young man. That's the prey, Jarrell. And you know what you know what the uh, the predator is? It's a mature woman. Both human, by the way, but no, we're going to go ahead and pretend that this animalistic imagery is just totally socially acceptable and then go and talk shit about how furries want to fuck animals when literally there's so much imagery all over the place in our normal speech that that relates to animals fucking. So, I, and I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not totally justifying all of the, because I've seen, I've seen some, some shit on the internet about like the very the deepest depths of, of furry kinks but i'm just saying that maybe there's just like a way to kind of think about things a little bit more holistically what do you think Terrell? that's an interesting relation <laughs> i'm not really sure how to respond to all this it's kind of a little overwhelming in my opinion but I think you make a good point about how close that relationship is that we have in terms of imagery with animals. So whether that be embodying your fursuit or using animals to represent certain sexual practices or features, there can be some parallels made. But I will say that the furry community can get even weirder. Okay, okay. So my first kind of exposure to this community was, you know, I was a, a wee young lad back in middle school. And this was when I was going through a bunch of like my weeb phase. I was on manga and anime forums a lot. And as as one young youth does on the internet, I stumbled upon DeviantArt. And I know we briefly mentioned DeviantArt and kind of everything they do on that site. And I noticed that one of the top posts that was selling for like a ridiculous amount of money, I at least I think so when I was that age, I, I don't remember the specific number. I just remember like, wow, I was just like, that's way too much money for for this photo or this drawing rather. <laughs> and the kicker here is that the top drawing on DeviantArt was literally just... Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. It's about to get juicy. <laughs> it was literally Sonic. Oh, 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 man. Just going at it. <laughs> you mean like they're fist fighting? Ah, uh, dude, I, I wish, the- man. <laughs> Otherwise, that image <laughs> would not be just just deeply ingrained in my psyche oh, from God. that age. I think that deserves an entire episode. <laughs> just on exp- just the <laughs> exploring the, the trauma that that image brought you for the rest of your life. That sounds like a fun episode, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not not that per se, but just the fact that there's this huge fandom subculture within the furry community that just is obsessed with sonic the hedgehog um yeah but regardless regardless i'm i'm, go- I'm not gonna go down that route i want to talk about how deviantart started <laughs> me um at the wee age of 13 14 years old <laughs> but i realized that this was just another avenue for people's inner desires and just in 
anything, right? You always get the super, super clean and wholesome juxtaposed against a very dark and sexualized uh, side of things. And that's kind of, I think, what I want to emphasize on how weird this community gets is that's normalized. Like, it's not kind of like, oh, we don't talk about this. This is not what we do. No, no, th- that is that is an encouraged <laughs> behavior in this community. But once again, I think that's also the beauty of what they do is they don't shame people for what they enjoy because it's it's two anthropomorphic animals going at it and you know if they get off on that i mean (laughs) that's up to them i ain't gonna i'm not i'm not gonna mom would just say that this little that's a little weird even for me i i was very hesitant in going that far down into the rabbit hole because i did not want to scar myself twice from the same community in my life yeah i mean dude that's that's a very valid valid opinion and i would be inclined to agree with you um i man these inclinations man are just i think oh well (laughs) these are pretty lukewarm takes my man uh sonic and knuckles well i probably don't want to see them uh you know doing doing the dirty Hmm, I don't know, Jarrell. Pegging each other? Pegging each other, dude. I wasn't going to say it, dude. Hey, yo, yo, okay. The details on those things. Oh, my God, dude, please. (laughs) This, this, that was a different time. Christ. Okay. (laughs) Let me just go ahead and get that. Scrub that from my brain. All right. Three, two. Okay, cool. Don't worry, I have no links (laughs) to any listeners. I don't have any links. I'm not sending Hondra anything. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> anyways but yeah I, I mean i would say that this community is very quote-unquote weird in that sense where it's i mean it's very very juxtaposed from the norm in the way that we think about topics around sex and um identity and sexuality for sure and it's it's a shock when you when you're exposed to that stuff for the first time and i guess the the question is like when you experience that shock like is it like are you shocked and you immediately close out of the tab or are you shocked but you can't look (laughs) away and it's like oh shit what is happening and then you get sucked into the the community and that's how you become a furry is that you just you find sonic and knuckles on DeviantArt and all of a sudden oh, is you, you oh, no. you're you're like three years in and dr eggman is just doing some nasty things to tails and it's just like i don't know why i like this but i mean <laughs> then this isn't me no, this isn't me i'm just you know i'm uh quoting scenarios from from what i imagine you would have gone through if you had you know, gone through the rabbit hole of, of Sonic fandom art. But yeah, I would agree that it's definitely, it's a shock. It's a shock for sure. Yeah. With that, I think, Hondra, we should go into our break. So great takes. Um, your inclination to agree, also great takes. <laughs> <laughs> but we will we will be right back after this 
welcome back from the break. So just before the break, we briefly talked about kind of our takes on this community. And it's about that time where we dive straight into rating time. But Chris has still not arrived back from his Hawaiian time. So I will just go through the events as well as his commentary after our ratings. So let's just dive in. Andro, what do you rate this community? Oh man. So okay, let me let me just let me let me take a little bit of time to kind of make sure I understand the rating system. Because I think I've been kind of all over the place for the for the previous episodes. So this rating is for the yes. level of weirdness, right? How weird is this community relative to the internet at large? Okay. Yes. Okay. So zero, closer to zero is not weird at all. Closer to 10 is what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am going to go with a nine. A A nine. nine. Really? And let me, let me explain here. So when I think weird, I think, I think a, a departure from the norm. And I think, that is what defines this community is how, I mean, there's this whole stigma around the community because it's so different in the way that people in this community express themselves and communicate. I think that there's a lot of very unique, uh, I mean, just when you, when you're exposed to, for example, a TikTok by like a furry content creator, for example, I, I watched one TikTok and I, I literally, I watched the same one three times and I just, I stopped it. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why, <laughs> what is happening right now? And that level of shock value. I mean, you don't really kid people are so jaded nowadays. I feel like I'm jaded. I've seen so much shit on the internet and yet I'm still finding myself saying like, what the fuck is this bro? I'm still saying that. And I think that takes some, a pretty high level of, of, departure from what you're seeing day to day on the internet and that along with a lot of the you know topics around sexuality and all that stuff there dude and as you mentioned before there is a lot of darker shit that we have not mentioned that i'm definitely factoring into this score and so yeah nine the reason i i I don't go full sync on the 10 out of 10 is because I think that level of anonymity that the furry community brings is, uh, does it really encapsulates the experience that you get as a, a member of the internet community. And so I feel like that part of the furry fandom is really representative of what the internet is, is just whole expressing yourself um, and kind of like being a little bit unfiltered and not necessarily being held accountable for what you're saying and what you're doing. It's just, you're just contributing to the larger voice of the community. And so I think that's why I kind of, I settled on nine. Great. That's a solid reason behind that score. Personally, I would give this community closer to an eight, seven or an okay. eight. I think I'll go with a an eight. And my reasoning is that well, for one, scarred. 
<laughs> Gotta go fast. Oh, I've been I've been sitting on that one, dude. Oh. I had to. <laughs> yeah. So there was that being scarred at an early age, like yeah, 13, 12, 13, 14. I, I don't remember the specific. I just remember being on the internet a lot during that time, and yeah, it, it was the first time I was like, wow, this this is the extent that people go like to escape reality they try to become someone else in reality like not just the the other world called the internet but like they bring that persona from the internet into real life into these fursuits and then the same thing is consistent as they bring it onto the internet but the reason i don't give it a higher score like a nine or a ten is because I've seen the cosplay and weeb communities and becoming someone else and embodying a different personality, persona, costume, look, whatever it is, is not really as weird anymore as it used to be. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that superheroes have also gotten really popular in Western culture. So cosplaying as Iron Man, Thor, or whatever. And then Disney having like the princesses, the superheroes, the mascots. I mean, heck, Mickey Mouse, right? Loki kind of a furry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's another reason to see how it's a little bit more normalized in other contexts. It's just that I think the deviation from the confined spaces that they're socially acceptable is really where the weirdness comes out. And once again, they they take it to the extreme with their hypersexualization, their questionable preferences i guess i don't know like i get it simba is a very attractive character but like not in the way simba's cute simba's a cutie though i get it but like at the same time you know (laughs) zootopia got a lot of people feeling some way all right we get it get it but just like don't be don't be weird about it (laughs) don't just don't be weird about it Anyways, so yeah, I give this I give this community an eight, just just because I think definitely in comparison to our last two communities, VC Twitter and Van Life, this definitely just absolutely blows those two out of the water in terms of going on to where these communities are on the internet and just trying to feel normal and comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just gonna feel shocked. You're just like, what the. F- is going on <laughs> absolutely i think you bring up a really good point about um cosplay and costume that's really not something i, I considered is like dude halloween trick-or-treating like people fucking dress up and that's like a no- very normalized thing i guess it really i guess where it really de- um is a departure from that the norm for me is um when it, <laughs> it's like you don't see people dressing up as iron man for like on a on a random Tuesday going to work, I guess. Um, neither do furries, but I think they they find more excuses to dress up um, than than your normal internet uh, 
dweller. I guess the same could be said for anime enthusiasts as well as like comic book enthusiasts. So yeah, I guess you're right. There really are there are several communities that kind of partake in that that aspect of escaping reality. It's just the I guess different flavors of it. Great. I I uh I like what I'm hearing. So we're not not everything but before your point. <laughs> because I you know, I don't want the sonic imagery oh, coming geez. back. But, but I think in general there there's a lot of good points you make in parallels, uh, you know, harking back to what I said about anime and, and the weeb community. But we will wait to average the score once Chris is back from his Hawaiian time. So since I know you have to hop off real soon here, Alejandro, any final thoughts for listeners? Uh, I would just say now this is where it gets good. This is this was just a taste of the weird stuff. And um, I am and I, uh, Jarrell, I'm sure you could you could agree here. and I'm sure Chris would as well. Um, this is where we really start to get weird. And this is when the good stuff starts to happen. So I hope you've been enjoying what you've been hearing up through this episode. Um, and we're hoping that it'll only get better from this point on. Yes, 100% agree with that, Hondro. This is where the Weird Internet Podcast really, really picks up. Anyways, we're going to take another break. Uh, and when we come back, Chris should be back and we will dive into his commentary as well as his rating so we can give these listeners the final score on the weirdness scale all right welcome back from the second break I am now joined by my dear friend, fellow co-host, Chris, who is back. Hello, hello. I'm I'm so excited to talk about furries. (laughs) That is, uh, yes, an accurate statement. Just as excited as we were before the breaks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, just reading about this community over the course of the last couple of days, uh, there's a lot to discuss for sure. Wonderful. Wonderful. So just to give you a brief recap, Chris, of what you missed, Hondra and I, we talked a little bit about the anonymity that comes with being in a fursuit and how that allows for a bit more free range behavior that parallels a lot of the behaviors on the internet. And then we talked a little bit about... I can see that. that. (laughs) Yeah. Then we talked a little bit about how expensive some of these suits are, as well as just the oddities that come with pursuing this specific hobby. So I... Yeah. uh, I would love to hear your input. I know you did a lot of research, more so than even Hondro and myself. And I was curious as to what do you think of this community? What what spurred you about this research? Yeah, I mean, look, the the thing is when it comes to this, I've tried to be as non-judgmental as possible. Because at the end of the day, I realize that you know, what 
you know, I have, I have no place. I'm in no place to tell these people what they should and shouldn't do. You know, if they're enjoying it, you know, I don't want to stop them from doing it. However, I am entitled to my own opinions. And that is what this podcast is all about. And so here are <laughs> All right. Lay them out. I, I, I think, I think, okay, I'll start with the positives. I think it's definitely a very uh, inclusive community from what I see. You know, there seems to be some real, like, actual um, bonding and closeness between people in this community, especially because, I mean, think about it. A lot of these people, people that are kind of, you know, around like the fringes of um, like mainstream society and they come together and they support each other, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not to say that some weird kind of questionable <laughs> parts of the community don't exist because they definitely do. I think um, the big stereotype um, that a lot of, you know, people who aren't part of the furry community might see is like, uh, it's just, oh, people in, like, fursuits that, like, like to have sex in fursuits and act like animals while doing it. And, and you know, I'm sure there's more to the community to that or than that, but that is certainly one of the most prominent things that I've, you know, I think about when I think about furries. Um, and it's, I don't think it's just because of my own judgment. It definitely is part of my judgment. But you see some of the sex toys that, like, go around in, like, the furry community. Like, you ever seen how large a horse cock is? Like, that shit is huge. Like, like it, like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, dangerous. I mean, there's that guy that, like, fucked a horse and, like, died. You, know, you think about that. And, you know, you, I've, I've seen people in the furry community pull out these humongous-ass dildos, like, a foot long, and about the girth of oh, a Coke Lord. can. And, and when I think about that, I think, wow, that's, you know, that's, it's a little concerning. I mean, you know, you do what you do, but like, it seems a little deadly. Um, and, and that's not even to, to, to mention like the, the economics of like the furry, um, the, the not safe for work side of the furry community. Yeah, Hondra. Are you, are you aware about and Yeah. Hond- yeah. Hondra and I talked about it a little bit, uh, cause I was mentioning to him my, teenage experience going on deviant art and the top auction oh wow i'm so sorry <laughs> you had to do that as a teenager that that's that must yeah no bad. it was uh the i was as i was mentioning to hondro the top auction item was knuckles and sonic pegging each other with insane amount of <laughs> oh, that's fucking hot <laughs> with <laughs> damn wait was sonic knuckles is the top here right obviously Cause Sonic, well, no, I mean, nah, dude, Knuckles might be a power. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Getting a little derailed. I didn't. Here. I didn't want to. No, actually, no, no. This isn't getting derailed. They are animals. Knuckles is a echidna, and Sonic is a hedgehog. And I am sure. In fact, here, um, draw. You finish your thought. I'm gonna do some research. <laughs> <laughs> on a... No, as I was saying though, to to your point, you mentioned the economics and how expensive some of these things are. I just wanted to validate right. your position with something I mentioned earlier in this episode. That okay. the top, like it was an obscene amount. It was like almost fifteen or to, like between fifteen or twenty grand was the auction in DeviantArt 
and yeah it was sonic and knuckles just getting at it and i was like am i seeing this right and i had to click away i was like wow this is not this is not a manga site because that was the reason i was i was even going to these places was because that was those were the the places that you would either talk to artists or uh find people who are hosting scanulations back in the day um, that's a whole other topic right though. but anyways i just wanted to validate that I, i'm not sure if the number was like 15k or 20k but i knew like to my 12 13 year old eyes that it was an obscene amount of money that i had never seen before <laughs> for the weirdest thing <laughs> for, for that yeah. <laughs> anyways uh yeah continue I- yeah, I, I mean, you know, this has been going on for a while, but you see furry art commissions on like you know, Reddit, Tumblr, Twitter, you know, different online communities. And and you see that there's a very, very vibrant market for furry art, both safe for work, but prominently the not safe for work side you see some crazy prices like people are paying thousands of dollars to have their fur their favorite furry artist draw their persona engaging in different acts with 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 other animals and it's it's incredible some of the art you see out there that the, the sometimes it's very realistic sometimes it's very non-realistic but there's a very wide range i so if you're part of this community consider yourself lucky because anything you would want to ever find out there on the internet to tickle your pickle it's out there it's definitely out there well i mean tickle the pickle or just the massive horse dong (laughs) massive horse yeah yeah i mean i saw a dolphin um i i it was like some not safer word dolphin furry i mean dolphins aren't even furry they're I don't even know what you could call them, but, but there are dolphin furries, but, um, yeah, no, there was furry art of a dolphin, um, doing some stuff with a sea turtle. And I don't know if you've ever seen a dolphin cock. It, it's on, it's on I, YouTube. It's pretty nasty. It, it comes out oh of the God. and it, 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 for what it was worth, it was very accurate to what oh, it would actually look like. And so God. super accurate, everything. Um, so I guess that's why, you know, it's so expensive, right? And in fact, um, there was this Reddit post a while ago um, of this artist um, who wasn't a furry at all, really. Um, but they were highly trained, went to a super prestigious art school um, and everything. And they were having a lot of trouble finding stable employment. Um, and, you know, tough times call for desperate measures. And they somehow got into doing furry art commissions under like a pseudonym on some board um, because there was always just consistent demand for it. And a lot of people in the community dug their art style. And so here's this person, you know, was having trouble making money. And this person's making thousands and thousands of dollars creating art that they absolutely hate. Um, and it was hilarious because this person was talking about how they really had to compartmentalize that side of what they were doing from their art because they needed to do it to bring in money but also it was just some of the most vulgar nasty shit out there and 
at a certain point, they just started hating art. Like they started hating what they were doing. Um, and it, and it goes to show like just how big of a market there is for this. Hey, stuff. Chris, you know what they say? Sex sells. And in this case, even in the furry community, <laughs> certainly I, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's where the big dollar stuff is, right? Pretty much. But I, fortunately, I uh, didn't have to do a whole lot of research into that side. I only had to look at a couple pictures. But, um, yeah, I, I'll probably remember those pictures forever. Lovely. We, we love trauma. It, <laughs> it, 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 it reminds me, kind of a um, side tangent, there's a subreddit um, a while ago called Dragon's Fucking Cars. This is news to me. I don't know if I've. R. Yeah, it's called R Dragons Fucking Cars. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of people who draw art of dragons fucking cars. Um, And, you know, I just thought of that. My question to you is does that count as furry? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's animals, I guess right because because you see furries who whose personas are unicorns you know and like that's not a real thing at least to my knowledge and so dragons should be part of that and then yes a car is not an animal but it's still an animal engaging in a sexual act so my question to you is Jarrell, is the philosophical question on whether our dragons fucking cars is furry porn well here's my reverse question then is oh wow planet earth because it's just animals doing their thing also furry porn if that's the argument uh see i see i i I don't think so and and this is why because animals are different furries like you know you see like you know animals out there doing their thing like i i took a walk this morning i saw two moths going at it and I that I don't think that's furry porn. That's just bugs doing bug things, you know. Um, and if it was a pair of dogs, it'd be the same thing. Furries, in particular, are it's different, you know, because they're 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 people or they're per- personas, right? Like they're not animals. They're like somewhere in between a person. And okay. A and so I think that's where the sweet spot where things start to be things. I, okay, well then put it like that then i guess dragons fucking cars wouldn't be furry porn because they're just dragons and not dragon people so i guess we answer that question perhaps or maybe it's just fantasy like anything that falls under fantasy can be considered but then again that's a completely different culture in and of itself so Maybe yeah, that that is just people into videos of animals having. That's just kind of yeah, um, and I hope we don't have to cover <laughs> that as an episode on this podcast. I'm I'm hoping that there will be enough communities out there that are weird enough before we have to. Even I'm get I'm sure I'm sure we have a lot more, uh, especially considering the fact that this is just the tip of the iceberg. So. Please don't say just the tip right now, Gerald. That was 
All right, Chris. Any any more commentary you want to bring forward about this community? Any more commentary? I, I think a big part of the community is um, like the different meetups that happen, um, and sometimes you have like the conventions, which are um, you know well documented online. There's numerous videos online of people taking a critical perspective to look at furry conventions and the crazy shit that goes down. Uh, there was there's a famous event called Rainforest um, that really uh, you know I I'm not gonna go through the whole thing but it was such a fucked up nasty convention that furries essentially got banned from ever having a convention ever in the Pacific Northwest Greater Seattle metropolitan area for a while. Wow. Um, and it, it, it a lot went down. So, um, you know, if you're a curious listener, go go look that up. What, what's it? What's um, it called? Is it the all, rain forest? Rain rainforest. Yeah, rain. So it's a play on rainforest. Yeah, it's but it's fur. Yes, oh, but it's fur. lovely. Um, but you know, but there's more wholesome things that don't involve you know hotel rooms. <laughs> you know, there, there's better things out there. Like, like, like I know. Um, there was a meetup of furries that I actually kind of considered going to and never did. Kind of regret it. But there was a Sacramento Furries bowling um, event. Basically, just a bunch of Sacramento Furries who get together at a bowling alley. They hang out, eat pizza, bowl, and, I don't know, do furry things. Um, you know, I really wanted to go. You know, I just wanted to show up and just be like, so, like, what's up y'all uh doing your thing out here you know like i i think i think there's a lot of wholesome sides to the community as well um and i don't want that to get lost in all of the discussion we had about some of the absolute nastiest vile shit that goes down to yeah absolutely so that's my comment i, I think hondra and i said something pretty similar in the vein that just like with everything else out there there's always the wholesome versus the dark sexualized kinky side yep yep but in in this case some pervert out there <laughs> yeah some pervert out there in this case though it's it's pretty odd i think but i've already given my take it's on that out there. yeah <laughs> it's out there but you know what when i was a kid i used to read and the Animorphs series, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I don't know. Maybe I'm part furry. Well, who uh, knows? I have yet yeah, to wear. Furry maybe maybe you just dress. haven't had yeah, your uh, your awakening yet. It's, it's expensive. It's, it's expensive, so I just haven't. You know, I just haven't done it yet. But maybe maybe one day I'll get a fursuit. And in fact, Jarrell, quick Uh-oh. question for you: If you were a furry, what would your persona be? Oh my gosh! I have to answer this question, huh? Yeah, you have to. I mean, I mean, my you gotta. That's so. That's so odd to me that I have to make something. What, when you close your eyes and imagine you're an animal, what do you feel like? <laughs> I feel like a human being. Uh, no, okay, okay, okay. No cap, no cap. I probably. No yeah, cap. no cap. I I would definitely be like. A majestic 
uh, lion. Yeah, you know, got to pull that Simba. Got to pull up that Simba, you know. Awesome. Yeah, we we mentioned that earlier awesome. in the in the podcast about good old Simba from the Lion King swooning. You know, you got got all them peeps swooning for his for his uh, manly oh, yeah. mane. <laughs> anyways chris great commentary loved your thoughts uh definitely close to some of the things we mentioned earlier but also i think your your takes are a bit more warm and uh jabbing than than the 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 distant takes that hondra and i took in order to be as fair as possible so i truly appreciate your your commentary Mm -hmm. so at at this point as in all of our podcasts I am going to ask you, what is the rating for this internet community? So to remind you, Chris, zero means not weird at all. Ten is like ultimate weird. Like what the hell is going on? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to spin up my uh, algorithm for this one. Uh, Beep, boop, boop. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give this one a solid An eight. eight. And okay. this is why. Yeah, because, I mean, pretty fucking obviously, it's pretty fucking weird, you know? Um, certainly more weird than people, like a bunch of yuppies in a van, um, or anything of that sort. This is, you know, I think far and away the weirdest community that we've covered so far. Um, I think it's pretty fringe, but... What prevents me from taking it to a 10 is that furries, you know, I'm not going to say they're mainstream weird, but like within weird online communities, they're probably one of the larger ones out there. And so I'm not saying like being a furry is completely like, it's like totally normalized, but you know, in terms of how weird things go, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's on the tamer side, but I'm going to say it's just more common. So I'm going to give it an eight. Sweet. I I like your reasoning, Chris. It is also unsurprisingly in line with ours. Hondro gave it a nine. And I also gave it an eight. Oh, okay. Similar reasons to yours. Okay. So you you aren't deviating. I was just just pretending that I was insanely surprised. Uh, There there is definitely a strong inclination uh, to the weirder end of this, this rating scale. So that that that's basically just evidence there that this is a really weird community. I mean, it's just validated three of us. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is even just trying to find a guest for this episode was really hard. Hence we didn't have one this time because they kind of live within their own anonymity unless there's someone famous uh as there is a couple gamers. Do you, do you know any first? No, not personal. Actually, yes, yes, I do. Uh, someone that I went to high school with i think but i don't know their name i just i just remember someone telling me that they were furry and i was like great cool but unless unless you like same explicitly are are told or whatnot you wouldn't even know that this person engages in that type of community so just that in and of itself just showcases how weird it is that they don't want to showcase it and make it more known right but anyways, agreed. 
that gives us an average score of 8.3333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333
that emerges and exists and even in the future will continue to persist. So I do believe that this episode was necessary and going around it would not do justice to a podcast like the Weird Internet Podcast. But anyways, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. Our next week's episode is going to be about Wall Street bets. At the time of recording, (laughs) Wall Street bets has been insane and covering the headlines. So we're going to dive in and give you guys a little bit of a exposition of what this community is all about. And we will try to bring some experts. Just kidding. There are no experts from Wall Street Pets to talk about this community and what it has in store for all of us in the future. We'll see you next time. Bye.